Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, I heard you singing during worship, and you were off key just a little bit. Let them know. Let them know. It's <laughs> a joker, but all right, anyways, glad you're here. Hey, on your way in, right there on your seat was some invite cards for our football Sunday coming up uh, in just a couple weeks. If you hate football, let me talk to those who hate football, you're still going to love it, trust me. There is a powerful uh, messages that come through. Uh, on Football Sunday, and we're joined on, in this by uh, actually a few thousand churches across the country now uh, that are doing this, and it's growing every year. And so, uh, but it's an opportunity to hear uh, from some of today's NFL players, and then also from some of the Super Bowl, uh, whoever's going to be in the Super Bowl after today, uh, some of the players on those teams as well, and ultimately hear just stories of life change. And uh, it'll be a cool opportunity to bring people with you. Uh, so I encourage you, get those invite cards in people's hands. If you need more, we have more out in the, in, in the lobby area. And so uh, you could ask our team at the blue tent there if you have uh, any questions on that. But, um, but I want to encourage us. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal Sunday in a couple weeks. So wear your jerseys that Sunday. Uh, man, we'll have, it'll be a fun day around here. And so we're looking forward to that. Also, today is day 15 in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, one week left, everybody. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. And so finish strong this week, and Saturday is the final day this upcoming uh, weekend. It's been great. If you haven't been a part of our prayer rallies uh, on Tuesday and uh, Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock here at the church, I encourage you to get here. These have been uh, just powerful times together as a church and praying, and so I uh, want to invite you to be a part of that. And uh, so we have been in this series as well, a uh, series that we're calling Game Changer, of some things over the last few weeks that hopefully are helping you. And uh, uh, if you missed any of the messages, you can go online and check out uh, those messages. But in the first week, we just uh, talked about grab a shovel. Everybody say, grab a shovel. In other words, we, we, we came out of Luke chapter 6 and talked about how Jesus um, spoke specifically about the condition of our heart, that your fruit from your life, uh, good or bad, and the words that are flowing out of your mouth, good or bad, are a reflection of the condition of your heart. And that we learned that so, just so much of the importance of how your spirit is your responsibility. Everybody say, my spirit, my, spirit. my responsibility. All right, and so, um, and how to uh, really dig in. For some of us, 2019 may have been a time we put down the shovel. Maybe we quit praying and quit seeking God like what we, like what we should have been. Uh, but my prayer as your pastor and as we go forward as a church is that you embrace that shovel and you start digging again and moving towards what God has uh, for your life in Jesus' name. Amen? And then uh, last week, uh, we talked about uh, just my title was just Let's Go. In other words, I shared with you uh, the story of uh, my frustration, which I I think as many of y'all's frustrations too, when you're driving, how many know when the light is green, it means what? And so if you weren't here for that last week, that was kind of my analogy. Like it's the most frustrating thing when I'm driving around town and it's like, like the light's green, let's go, you know? And so, uh, but how God is saying that to us as well, that the light's green, it's time to go, it's time to make the decisions, it's time to move forward and what God has for us. But today, I wanna talk to you about something that I think is really important. We had a powerful first service today and uh, this morning and, and uh, but something that I think is incredibly uh, important but significant uh, for your walk as you continue to go forward with God. And I wanna talk to you about winning the war in the spirit. I just believe that if you and I are going to do anything great for God, that we have to have a clarity and an understanding that there is a real war that's taking place in the realm of the Spirit. 
and it's not with flesh and blood, but it is the realm of the Spirit. Um, and so I want to show you some things today, and I just really believe God's going to speak to our hearts. And, um, and so can I just pray for us? Can I do that, everybody? Father, we just ask in the next couple of minutes that you would just open up our hearts, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, God, all that you have, and ultimately make our heart pliable, pliable to what you have for us. And so, God, we just want more of you. We need your help. We need to hear from you today. And so, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing and what you're speaking and uh, what you're going to do in the next few minutes together. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said a good amen. Amen. All right, grab your message notes. Let's get right into it here today. Or you can go on our app and you can follow along on the app as well if you would like to. John chapter 8, it says this beginning in verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, all right, talking to the believers here, you are my real disciples. And then you will know the truth. Everybody say this next line with me, if you would, please. And the truth will set you free. All right, let's try that again with some real oomph now. All right, come on, everybody. And the truth All right, we're getting there. We'll work on it at 1030. All right, let's go. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. In other words, uh, there's many that are going to heaven but they're missing out on the benefits or the quality of life that God has for us here on the earth. I'm going to talk to you more about what that means in a moment. And then it goes on to say, so if the Son sets you free, come on, help me finish this out, you will be free indeed. Free indeed. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other, look at this, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And there lies the question for some of us, why do I keep struggling maybe with that one thing? That one thing that continues to trip me up over and over and over again. And part of it is because I think we need to get hip to the understanding of the real fight that we are in spiritually, that this is a spiritual war uh, that, that you and I are facing. And uh, Romans 7.15 says this, Paul's talking here, and he says, I love how he starts this out. He says, I don't understand myself at all. How many have ever said that? Like, I just, uh, how many know the person next to you is still trying to figure you out? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is up with you? You know, you really need some church. You know, look at the person next to you. Say, you really need some church. You really need some church. <laughs> so I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing that I hate. The very thing that's tripping me up and causing me issues is the very thing I'm doing. And so I want to ask you today, as we just continue to go forward in this this year of 2020, I love the year 2020, and to me it represents vision. That 2020, we want vision for our life, and but I want to encourage you to go on the journey of, of life change, not just for a 30-minute message today, but go on a journey of the truth setting you free, meaning that for some of us, we've been kind of doing the same things over and over again. And, um, and, and we're hope, hoping things will change. But we talked about this last week that, man, in order for something to change, you have to do something differently. 
And I think what's important is really grabbing a hold of God's word and, 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 and seeing this come alive. But it's, it's only the truth that's going to bring freedom to our life. So we need some, some new programming, some new thinking in our life. Because especially if we find ourselves being caught up with some of our same struggles in history, God wants to bring everlasting freedom to our life. Because obviously how we've done it to this point isn't working. And so we need the help of the Holy Spirit. But we're in a real fight, everybody. There's a real fight that's taking place in the realm of the Spirit, all right? And this fight is only one, all right? The fight that we're in right now is only going to be one in the realm of the Spirit. Let me say this. Whatever is concerning you today is concerning God. And it's very spiritual. And, and so it's interesting that a Barna Research Group said this, that uh, almost 60% of the population is going to disagree with what I'm getting ready to say next to you. But I, wanna rem- I, wa- I want you to be reminded again today that it's the truth. Everybody say the truth. The truth. Come on, everybody say the truth, the truth. Shall, set me free. shall set me free. And so some of you might be a little nervous, some uncomfortable, saying, man, what's he getting ready to say? Here it is, the first one, and that is this. You need to understand that demons are real. That the spirit realm is very real. It's not just costumes on Halloween, everybody. All right? And it's interesting that 60% of Christians, 60% of the Christian population, according to the same study, believes that the devil is just a symbol, not a real being. 60%. And so here's what I know. If, If I were the devil, I would want you to think that way too. All right, And so, in other words, if you don't know that he exists, then you won't actively fight something that doesn't exist. And so, uh, I'll never forget um, a, a story a pastor friends of ours went through many, many years ago before they had their children. And they were in their house, and they said, one night we went to bed just like normal, and we went upstairs where our room was at. And he said, that next morning, um, he said, I got up. And he said, and unbeknownst to us while we were sleeping, he said, as I came down uh, the stairs into my living room, he said, everything on the, on, in the living room, everything, all the furniture, everything was gone. He said, and the back door was wide open. And he said, and I was freaking out. He said, I was in a place that I felt, myself and my wife, we felt incredibly violated. We felt vulnerable uh, because it happened, he said, while we were sleeping. And he said, they didn't know the thief was there. And how many know the thief didn't want them to know he was there? All right. So how many know, here's what the thief did not do. The thief didn't come in and knock on the door and say, hey, hey, mind if I come in and just take what's not mine? How many know that didn't happen? Everybody said that didn't happen. All right. (laughs) And so uh, here's what you need to know today is that it's the truth that will set you free, but you and I have got to understand the importance that there really is an enemy. And it's not to put fear in us, but it's, it, it's helping to uh, help us to understand that there is a real fight that's taking place, and it's bigger than what your eyes are telling you. I'm telling you, if you could see what's going on in the heavenlies right now, it would cause you to pray more. There is an Listen, in fact, there's, an, there's such activity right now that hell is upset with the fact that you're even here this morning. Some of you had a battle just getting up or getting the kids this morning. Some of us, it's every week. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But, but here's the reality that anything that's purposeful and going to advance your life, uh, the enemy is not uh, just going to sit back and, and just eat some popcorn hoping, you, hoping for the best for your life. He's doing everything to kill, steal, and destroy from you. And so 1 Peter 5.8 says it this way, verse 9, be self-controlled and alert. Everybody say alert. 
And so your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. So you need to understand there's an enemy and he's lurking around looking for any opportunity to take you out, to take your marriage out, to take your kids out. Come on, somebody. He's a real enemy that's working overtime to see to it that you do not advance. For some of us, I know, we're thinking, I cannot believe he's talking about demons right now. Like, what is happening? Like, and some of there's, and there's some of you that are like, man, this is good stuff. I've been waiting on something like this. This is good. Because I, I just can, it's, I feel like I'm hearing, hearing it. And then I, I can hear people say, man, can we just kind of go back to the At The Movie series? That was good. That was kind of safe, you know. But, but here's the reality. This is a fight, everybody. And this is a spiritual war that we are in that, again, we can't shy away from. Again, some of the things that you and I are, are dealing with is very spiritual, all right? And so C.S. Lewis said this, that Satan hails the skeptic and the superstitious alike. In other words, he likes it when you think also that there's a devil under every rock. I kind of grew up in old-time Christianity where I heard that all the time. I mean, it, 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 if something happened, oh, that's the devil's fault. You know, and like, it's like, man, y'all giving the devil way too much credit. Like, let's not do that, all right? And, and so, you know, man, I ran out of gas. Must have been a devil in there. No, sister, you just forgot to fill up the tank. And it wasn't a devil. It was you forgetting, all right? So, so all right, so let's not get, you know, let's not get weird with it, all right? Christians get weird and spooky with stuff. And so, but, but here is what I'm saying, but, I, but don't be a skeptic either. All right, because that, that's not making it go away. Uh, the truth is uh, that God wants us to have a clarity, man, as we go forth. Because here's the other side of this. Not only demons are real, but we can be under their influence. That's why they're working. And Satan's doing everything he can. He's, ro he's roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour and seeking to get people under his influence. Here's a question that I always get asked uh, by people, and that is this. that Do you mean that people of God that are saved... Uh, can be demon-possessed? That's a question I always get asked. And the answer is no, and, and, and really not in your definition. The word possessed in the Bible uh, isn't ownership. It's actually mastery over, all right? So in other words, the guy who broke into our friend's house, he, how many know that the thief didn't own the house? But how many know he sure had a lot of influence that night over the house, all right? And so for me, uh, when I was locked in a prison of pornography, uh, and, and struggling with that years ago, I was locked under that spirit and its influence. Listen, it didn't mean I wasn't saved any longer. Uh, it didn't mean I wasn't still bought with a price because I was. Um, and it didn't own me, but here's what it was. I was under the influence of the spirit of lust and a perversion. I was under its influence. And so if I took drugs and alcohol today, that, it doesn't mean that it owns me, but I am under its influence. Are you with me? All right. And so Ephesians 4 says this, I think this is kind of a good example. It says, in your anger, do not sin. This is kind of, I think, the one example that can really uh, get you under the influence. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, resolve the issue today. Like, like, I, I think that's, uh, we're, we're going to get in a February series. Um, we're, we're calling it Relationship Rehab. And I think that's the one thing in, in many of our relationships that we really struggle to do well. And that is this verse. And we've got to make sure that we're handling our issues today, not leave, letting it fester over time. Amen. Amen? 
All right, so it's for another day. But, and do not give the devil a foothold or give him a place, another version says. He who has been stealing must steal no longer. But here's the deal when it comes to uh, spiritual warfare and understanding the attacks of the enemy, that in the name of Jesus, uh, they have to go. In that name, there is power. In that name, there is healing. Come on. In that name, there is strength. In that name, there is great victory for your life. So in other words, you don't have to be fearful of what the enemy uh, is trying to do or throw at you. Here's what you need to remember constantly in your walk and in your greatest fights is that we don't even have to fight for victory. We fight from that place of victory because of what Jesus Christ did over 2,000 years ago on that cross. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And so in Jesus' name, they have to go. Different ones of us are facing different fights. And uh, I will never forget, I've had some real encounters uh, in the realm of the Spirit. Again, a lot of it is not things that you see with your physical eyes. But I've had some experiences in my walk with God that uh, were pretty unbelievable to me. I remember in one season of my life when my mom and I, when we moved to a place in town after my parents' divorce. Uh, it was a really rough area, man. I mean, mom did the best that she could, but it was, there was a lot of crime in the area, and there's just a lot of fear as a boy that I remember having. And I remember one night, uh, we were just going through some things as a family, and I was just having fear. Something the enemy always threw at me was fear. And I remember one uh, in particular night that God just telling me, uh, that he was present. And y'all, it was one of the most incredible moments of my life where I was laying on my bed. Uh, I was about 12, 13 years of age. I'll never forget this. I remember this like it was last night. I mean, it's that real to me that at the foot of my bed appeared two angels. And it was the most incredible moment that I'll never forget. It's the only time I've ever seen angels. And I mean, Y'all, y'all didn't, I mean, these, these guys were bad boys. They're eight feet tall. I mean, head to the ceiling. And just incredible, beautiful. And I felt peace. I felt safety. I wasn't freaking out. I, I, you know, I was more like, whoa, like, this is pretty radical, you know. And, but I remember more than anything, God just said one thing, I'm with you. And, and I remember telling my mom about that moment because it just really changed me. And, but on the other side of it, like I said, Satan had really always attacked me with fear. Uh, fear of even going to bed at night because of nightmares that I would have. I really struggled as a kid and even growing up uh, in, into my uh, late teens and, and around 20 or so. It was just perpetual until finally it was like one day I'm like, I, I just can't do this anymore. And uh, I never, I'll never forget one night waking up to my bed shaking. And uh, I promise y'all I wasn't doing drugs, all right? So um, some of y'all think, man, what, what, what was he doing? You know, and it was a real moment. It was a real moment that I woke up, thought we were having an earthquake for real for a minute when I realized it was spiritual. And I saw a black figure in my room, and I knew it was fear. I knew fear had come to visit me in a way that I've never seen before. And I'll never forget after that moment how much I just struggled to even want to talk about it struggled to even want to go to bed at night. I'd have to leave lights on. I mean, it was just horrific for me until finally I just thought, man, I got to do something about this, you know? And, and so I remember just crying out to God for it, 
talking to family, and then I went to my pastor, and man, uh, they just came in agreement, laid hands on me, just came in agreement to break the power of fear off of my life. And when he did that, my pastor laid hands on me, and just some, some of uh, our, our, our church family uh, laid hands on me. Man, I've never had an issue with it since. But here's what I, I believe the enemy was wanting to do, was really trying to bring me into a place of fear to really holding me back from God's plan and purpose. And the enemy would spit all kinds of lies in my ear if I would continue to walk out with Christ, that he would continue to great, greatly attack my life. And so can I just tell you today, and, and, I, and I want you to know that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And whatever the struggle is or issue is, God is bigger than any devil. Trust me, the devil knows who his daddy is. That's for sure. Come on, somebody. All right. Just made that one up today. All right. Some of you got it. Some of you thinking it through. All right. But regardless, you need to know in the name of Jesus, the enemy has to go. He's got to quit messing with your family. Got to quit messing with your kids. He's got to go in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Luke, here's the authority that he's given you. The 72, Jesus had commissioned the 72 to go, to go out and do ministry, return with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. I love what Jesus' response is. He said, he said I saw uh, Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, like y'all, like I understand what you're saying, but like I was, I was there. I was there when, when, when we gave him the boot. Like, it was just, bam, he, it was done. So, like, I was there. And, and I've given you the authority to tramp on snakes and scorpions. And really what that just means, snakes and scorpions, is just a, a representation of demonic activity. All right? And so to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. I love that promise. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Because there's people that get real weird with this. And Jesus is saying, hey, hey, hey don't, 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 don't get all happy about that. It's just supposed to be this way. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that you have been saved and bought with a price, and you're on your way to heaven, and your job is to get other people there too. In other words, God is saying, I want you to rejoice that you're on my team, period, not because of some stupid devil. All right. I'm working with the rest of you here. All right. I know, and here's what I know. I know this message today. I know, I know it's real bold. And, and I know it may be a little bit different for some of us, but I want to encourage you to really open up your heart today because of the fight that's really taking place in your life and in your family and, and your kids. And this is so important in and, and, and your personal walk with God to understand the importance of this. So, um, again, you know, for some of us, we're, we're in that place to say, man, Pastor, it sounds good. I believe it, but I still find myself in this cycle. I still find myself in this struggle. Uh, if I have authority, why am I not free? And so it's a great question. I want to help answer that. And, and because, first of all, again, remember that it's the truth that will set you free. All right. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So your battle, again, is not flesh and blood. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's why we host prayer rallies. It's why we build so much of our life on prayer and knowing the word because it is so important in your life. I believe the next 10 years of the church of Jesus Christ, it is going to be determined by our level of pursuit and the power of prayer and, and on the word of God, everybody. And we have got to seek God like never before. If not, this next decade, 10 years from now, all it'll take for the devil to do is breathe on us and we'll fall over. 
And so I'm just, I, as long as I have breath, I, we, we, listen, we're going to help pastor and lead a church that is raising up warriors, that knows how to fight in the realm of the spirit and not just sit back and wait for whatever the devil wants to do next. We're going to learn to go on the offense and not stay on the defense. Come on, somebody, will you talk to me in here? And so it's understanding that, guess what? You can be on the offense and pursue after the enemy and not waiting him on to pursue you. We've got to get that mindset right that he is under your feet. You're not under his. It's not, an, it's not a, a struggle to get up above water with the enemy. No, he's been defeated in Jesus' name. And we've got to continue to remember that. Look at the person next to you and say, he's under my feet. And so we, we'll fight in the natural but again, it's realizing the war is in the spirit, and it's called spiritual warfare. And prayer is not just communion with God. It's also confrontation with the devil. For most people, our struggles usually goes back to one area. It's that one area, and it's that one area, that thing that keeps you up, and that struggle, maybe that one area that you came into this year hoping this would be the year that it breaks. But it can only be broken if you invite the presence of God and do it his way and not your way. That word stronghold in the Greek is, is, means this. means this two things, twofold. I'll put it on the screens here. It's not your notes. notes, But it means a prisoner who is locked by deception. So the enemy's only weapon against you is his lies. That's it. All right? And then the other part of that. Uh, of definition is living by something, a stronghold is living by something that is not true. In other words, you're acting out in anger and you're getting defensive and all those different, some of those characteristics are showing. And here's the reality, that's not really you. That's that thing, that struggle. And, and so that's where we've got to get honest with our issue in our struggle. So a stronghold is a deception and it's a lie, all right? And there's many, I, I believe there's many people that are on their way to heaven today that'll get to heaven in bondage. All right, but it's not the will of God for you to stay in bondage on this earth. He wants you to live a life that's overcoming. He wants you to, uh, God wants to set you free. Why? Because he's got a bunch of other people he's trying to put in your path to help them get set free too. Some of the things that you and I are facing today is not necessarily for you, but it's for the person that God and the persons that God is going to use you to reach. So the importance for you to continue to move forward and to keep going is very important because lives are attached to you. All right, you need to hear that today. And so, uh, and, and so what I think has happened, say, well, wh where does this come from, the, the fact that I get stuck in this? And I think where it comes from is just bad programming. I, I think we haven't been taught right. And so what happens is we allow too much bad programming and not enough good programming in. And so let me give you some verses here uh, in your Bible, John 8, 44. It says, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. 2 Corinthians 10 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets up itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Again, remembering the mind is the battlefield. Your organized greatest fight on this side of eternity is right here, is your mind. All right, if your mind is a mess, your life will be a mess too. Romans 12, 2, one of my favorite verses, do not conform to the pattern of this world. In other words, don't buy into what the world's doing because it's jacked up. It ain't working. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I really believe even for my life personally that it's a daily thing to renew your mind. You have to daily make the decision, I'm going to renew my mind. And then Ephesians 4, it says, you were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. So here's the deal. Here's how we defeat the enemy. We defeat the enemy 
by replacing every lie that he has told us with the truth of God's word. You need the truth of God's word to overwhelm. One of the reasons why I love these prayer guides, by the way, if you haven't gotten one during this time of prayer and fasting, make sure you get one. They're out there. You can pick one up on the way out. Um, ask anybody at the Next Steps or Blue Tent. They'll point you to where these are at. But one of the things I love about them is inside here, there's, there's a place that there's, it, it's, it's called, the title of this section is Warfare Prayers. So, man, what's this look like? How do, I, how do I war in the spirit? How do I stand in the authority? And that's why uh, we want to make sure that you're equipped. And so make sure you grab this. And this is going to be a, a little bit of a help and a strength to you and a resource so you know how to pray, how, how to come and combat the enemy with the word of God and stand in that victory that God has for you. Amen, everybody? So you want to make sure you grab that. It's, it's going to be important. And so, you know, the other thing, too, why the power of prayer, here's what I know. In the realm of the spirit, even when I think about my own kids, I, I realize my own kids' lives are at stake. You know, one of the things that I do that I love doing as a father for my kids is sometimes when my kids are in their bed at night is I'll go back in their room. They have no idea. And I'll just lay hands on their little heads. And you know why I do that? Because I really realize there's a devil loose. And as they are at school, and, they're, and, 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 and here's, here's, here's what's always going through my, my mind. Even though that when they're at school, dad and mom may not be able to be with them, but the Holy Spirit is with them. And I believe if we can help our kids to understand, and that's why we have an incredible kids ministry that's going to help our kids continue to flourish in the things of God so they understand their purpose and not give one day to the devil in Jesus' name. And so I lay my hands on my children. Why? Because I know there's a fight for them. There's a fight for their life. And I'm very understanding to the fact, and, and I pray over my wife and my marriage constantly. Why? Because we're under attack. You think the enemy's not going to want to try to get in and mess things up? Are you kidding me? You've got you've to pray in such a way, listen, to stay on the offense. And not just wait for, not, not wait for the next blow up, married couples. But let's pray. How about preventive prayers, too? That's a whole other topic. But Lord, help us. Amen. Hurts my feelings, but guess what? Here's what I've learned, too. On Sundays, these messages aren't enough. Imagine that. Darn it. In other words, you need a process for your life to be changed. And I just believe if you'll give us one year of your life and you'll go all in. I mean, go through growth track, go through small groups, go serve, make a difference with your life. In that one year, I'm telling you, if your life isn't radically changed, at the end of that one year, you come back and let me know, and we're going to find a new church together, all right? But I'm confident if you'll go all in with God and you go all in with things that, that the church has available to you, your life's going to be changed and impacted. It really will. And so uh, Rally Day for Small Groups starts in two weeks on Football Sunday, actually. It's going to be amazing, all right? And, um, but go through the year with us and go on this spiritual journey. And, and don't just attend one or two services a month. Like, go all in. Be a part uh, of God's house. Be a part of God's family. Uh, if you're in town, don't just settle for messages online. Come on, somebody. All right, unless you're sick, I get that. But come to church and be a part of his family. Say, man, Pastor Kyle, what are you saying? You're really asking for a lot of commitment. I am. Because I, unless you want that same area here next year, you've got to do some things differently. You've got to. And so I, I, for me as a pastor, I kind of look at myself as like a tour guide. All right, so we're on this journey together. Let's go on the tour together, amen? So here's a couple things. As you're warring in the spirit, you've got to remember a couple things. First off is how much you are loved. 
and how much God is for you. He paid the ultimate price for you. And if you're going on this journey, you need to know that. John 13, or excuse me, John 3, verse 16 and 17 says, This is how much God loved the world, that he gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. Everybody say this with me. He came to help. So here's what I know. Every one of us in this room, even if you know it or not know it, you're in a process right now. All right? So either you're going through something, you've come out of something, or you're getting ready to go through something. All right? And every season, every test is very purposeful because it's what God's trying to do on the inside of you and the person that he's trying to develop and, and, and become and and so you cannot soar and do the things that God has called you without the process. Everybody say the process. So something I love T.D. Jake said uh, one time. He said, anytime God wants to exalt you, he always humbles you. And so just know before promotion comes, there's going to come a great opportunity for humility. Why? Because God doesn't want you getting arrogant. And he's going to keep you humble. I mean, I mean, like hanging with humble people as opposed to prideful ones. Yeah, they're a lot better to do life with, aren't they? All right. Ain't nothing worse than to know it all. Be a learn it all. Amen? Every season, every test is, pur- pur- is, is purposeful. But here's the problem for some people is too many people want the success, but they haven't been groomed for it. So they want the promise, but they don't want the process. Ain't going to happen that way. Why? Because going through those seasons and those moments and those testing is going to determine our level of dependency on God. And so either you're going to run to God or you're going to run to yourself. And running to you is always going to get you in a place of trouble. But it's like, it's like birthing a baby prematurely. The chances of survival go down earlier uh, if the baby is exposed too early. And, to, and so to be exposed too soon can be a curse and not a blessing. All right. So in other words, you don't want anything before it's time. You want everything to be right when God wants it, his timing, his way. On his, How many know he wears a different watch than you do? All right? So you want things on God's time, not your time. And the church said a good amen. All right? And so I think for some of us, too, we need to remember this, that the process or the grooming isn't punishment. It's preparation. It's preparation for where you're going. It's preparation for what God has called you to do. And so, and hear, hear this too. I think this is important. It's why we see the church uh, in America specifically has a 20% turnover rate. There's more church hoppers and shoppers than there's ever been. And it's yearly. And I believe it's because there are not many people who want to stay planted and embrace God's process. Why? Because it's easier to quit and try something else somewhere else. I believe this. That it takes great humility, great obedience to embrace the process, to submit to God and his authority, and to become the person that he wants you to be. In other words, the choice is yours. You can choose the path. You can choose your path and abort the dream, or you can choose God's path and embrace the dream. And it really comes down to that because it comes down to character. And what God is building in you. Again, God wants to build you for the long haul, not the short haul. It's not, this is, this is a marathon, not a sprint. All right? So character 
is everything. And it's the road less traveled. There's a lot of people that want the microphone but don't want a broom. All right. So, number two, (laughs) stay honest. It's important in seasons of your life and all things to stay honest. Stay honest. Remember how much God loves you. He's for you. But you've got to stay honest. Stay honest with him. Stay honest with yourself. Stay honest with people. Admit if you need help today. One of the keys, uh, the key secrets to freedom is being honest to say, I've messed up. And think, think, how many are thankful that when you mess up that God doesn't kick you out of the family of God? People would be real quick to kick you out. But how many know God will never quit loving you? And he'll continue to bring you back and put you back together again. I'm thankful for that kind of radical love and grace. One of the most, I think, courageous things that you and I can ever do is have the courage to say, I need help. Can't do this alone. Luke 15, this is a story about the prodigal. It says he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, uh, the pigs, pigs looked good to him. I mean, no, that's, that's a rough day if what you're feeding those pigs is starting to look good to you. Whoa. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants, they, got it, they had it better. Uh, they had enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. So here's, the, here's the, the teaching lesson of this verse. If you try to fix your life by yourself, you'll end up feeding pigs. It'll be a mess. I mean, them pigs are messy. And so you have to have a moment within your walk with God where you say enough is enough, where you come to your senses and realize, man, I can't do this any, anymore by myself. I need God. But part of God's equation, as we learned last week, is people running the race with us beside us. <clears throat> you'll never be able, <clears throat> you'll never be set free if you don't admit that there's a problem. You have to get honest and stay honest. It's the secret behind our small groups that it's not about the curriculum. I mean, honestly, it's not. What we pray for more than anything is that each person comes away with a friend at the end of the semester, someone that you can do life with, someone that you can talk honestly with. Amen? C.S. Lewis had this epiphany. It was so good. He said, friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, what? You too? I thought that no one but myself. <laughs> in other words, a moment like, oh, you're going through that too. That's why I love small groups. Because it's a real place, real people, real issues, where we just get to be honest with what our struggle is and move forward in God's plan and purpose for our life. Here's the third thing that God has for us, is that you need to know this today, that you can be free. You can be free. Everybody say, I can be free. And part of that freedom, again, is doing life with people and, and making the decision, I'm not going to do this by myself. Here, everybody look at me real quick. Everybody, all eyes on me real quick. Hey, listen, we're all one step away from stupid. We are. Straight up. And you have got to have people in your life that love some Jesus as much as you do that aren't afraid to call out what they see. You can't get offended by that. That's love. That's tough love. And you need those kind of people. I've got those people in my life. You need those kind of people in your life too to tell you that your flesh is stinking. You smell a little funky. All right, like, what's up? Like, I know you're not as happy. Like, what's going on? Talk to me. Like, you need those kind of people. Like, I know you, like, what's, you can read them when they walk in. Like, you know them that well. Like, what's up? 
No, something's going on. Tell me what's up. You know, but you need those kind of people in your life, and you can be free. And here's, here's the reality that I know and why this, what I'm saying is true, is because I've read your, your prayer cards. And I know what many of you are praying for today and what you're believing God for today. And you need to know that God's plan is freedom. And you really can have this. But Satan is doing everything he can to oppose God's plan in your life. And what I'm trying to do is help you understand that you can win the war in this spirit. But you cannot do this on your own. Just you and God. God even said it in his word. It's not enough. You need people beside you. Romans 8. You no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power. Everybody shout a new power. power. It's an operation. The spirit of life in Christ like a strong wind has magnificently cleared the air. I love that part. That that word wind again is is, uh, the Holy Spirit. I love that. That's where actually the original writers chose to keep uh, the true definition of spirit. uh, It's so good. Uh, Freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Here's the final thing today is that I can be restored. Not only can you have the freedom, but God can put you back together, back together better than you were before. Only God has the ability to to, to, to put you back together again. And and listen, for some of us, we thought, man, we lost a lot of years of our life. And man, pastor, I just feel like I've lost so much. And I was talking to a young man in the past week. I said, no, 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 no. There's no such thing as you're too far gone. I said, God is in the business of restoration. That what the enemy has stolen, guess what? He's going to have to pay that back in Jesus' name. And God will put you back together again. I'm telling you, man. Psalm 71, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Would you stand to your feet all over this place today? Isn't God's word good, everybody? I want to pray first. Would you bow your head right where we're at today? Just close your eyes. There's a couple things I want to pray for today. I just want to ask for the next few minutes, too, that nobody moves around. Let's just be real, real respectful of those around us. This is an important moment in the service here today. First of all, for the first person, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you today. There is no greater decision that you could ever make for your life than knowing Jesus personally. That's the game changer. I can preach on all kinds of different topics, but at the end of the day, it's knowing Jesus and knowing him more. That's it. And knowing and experiencing that love that he has for you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, maybe all this is new to you. Or maybe you walked away from God and you realize, man, I need to run back to God. I'm talking to you today too. And on the count of three, if that's you, I want you to just boldly raise your hand and say, man, I'm ready to commit or recommit my life today. This is about you and God. This is not about me and you. All right, but I want to give you an opportunity before we move forward in the service. On the count of three, come on, one, two, three. Real high, say, man, pastor, that's me. That's me. That's me. Yeah, yeah, got you. Proud of you back there. Awesome. Anybody else that says, man, that's me. Yeah, got you, buddy. Awesome. Proud of you, man. Praise God. All right, you can put your hands down. Proud of you guys. Some for the very first time. Awesome. Say, all of us as a church, let's just say this together with those that have raised their hands today. Come on, church. And just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for saving me. I invite you in my heart. And I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen.